Good evening. Good to see you all. I like it the way the Lord works through the week or through the music or just through certain circumstances and he ties it into messages or, or things that he's working in your devotion or your heart. It's like, it's um, just feels very coordinated by the Lord. And just that last hymn um, is, is a bit applicable to the message tonight. Uh, the Lord does provide and he provides in different ways and we're going to consider one of the ways that he does provide but our role in it. So we're going to continue reading. I've been doing a bit of a series in First Thessalonians and uh, it's, we're up to chapter 4. We covered that a bit last time, but we're going to read from verse 1 of chapter 4 to verse 12 just so we get a bit of the context again. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honour, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more, and that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. We will finish there. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the day. We thank you for the word that was preached this morning. And Father, we, we also pray now that you might help me to preach it clearly. We do need your Holy Spirit's help, and we do pray that it would sink deep into all our hearts, including mine, and that it will be applied throughout our week and our life. Father, please help us now as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, in my recent messages, we've been seeing how Paul has been advising the Thessalonians how they ought to please God in their lives. We know the Thessalonians were saved and had grown in their faith and charity, but their hearts and minds were not yet unblameable in holiness, is the words that is used in chapter 3, verse 13. They still had room for improvement, not for the purpose of salvation, though. It was for sanctification, and we, we've been talking about this in the last message. It was for sanctification that they might accurately reflect God's image. While they walked faithfully, they needed to increase in the things that they had learned, and they needed to do this in preparation for the Lord's return. So for this reason, Paul desired that they would make certain changes in their lives. Remember, firstly, Paul prayed that the Thessalonians would increase in love, that it, they'd increase in love towards their brethren, but also to, to all men. Uh, that was back in chapter 3. And then in the last message, we saw how Paul encouraged them to abstain from all forms of fornication. And we just read that in, in, in the Bible reading. So tonight, I want us to consider what Paul said about a third aspect of the Christian walk. And I've entitled it, Walking at Work. 
which is funny enough because I sit most of the time at my work. I don't know about you guys, if you've got a physically laborious job, but there's a lot of sitting at my job. So this message will consider some biblical principles which demonstrate how we as Christians ought to work. My outline is the precedence of work. So we're just going to have a brief look at the historical origins, how it came about, who created it, and then we're going to look at three principles that Paul advised the Thessalonians and how they might work. So firstly, the precedence. When looking at biblical principles, it can be helpful to see its historical origins, where it began. I've been learning that at Bible College, it's been a blessing. So looking at redemption when it first began, what, the idea of it, how it's back in the Garden of Eden now, we're not going there, but that's where I got the idea from, just, um, just uh, giving due credit to my teachers. So a snapshot of the beginning of work is really seen with God. We should know this, it's the beginning of the Bible, if you'd like to turn there. Genesis 1.1. God was the first worker. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Not only was he the first worker, but God created the first human to be a worker. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Then jump over to chapter 2 verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it, to work, to attend to the garden. So God was both the first worker and he created the first human as a worker. Interesting, these works, these uh, events occurred before the fall of man, so it shows us that in God's original design, he designed for us to work. However, when Adam sinned, we know that life and work changed forever. The environment is now cursed, and we know that from Genesis 3 where it talks about the ground being cursed and there being thorns and thistles coming up, uh, and we also know that man is cursed. Man is cursed with sin and death, and in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. So work will be difficult until we die. Likewise, man has been fired from his original workplace. The original workplace was the garden. That's where we should have been. Genesis 3.23 says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken, so he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So work is now more difficult. <laughs> That's what we get from, from the precedence of work. With this in mind, let us look at Paul's principles. Firstly, Paul advised in First Thessalonians, he advised them to work quietly says, and that ye study to be quiet. Study is elsewhere translated in the Bible as labour or strive. It means to be striving or working for something which is very honourable. We know people work for a variety of reasons, and some motives are more honourable than others. Some of those are enjoyment, money, recognition, and social interaction. But Paul says they were to specifically work to be quiet, which I thought was bit funny to read at first. 
when we understand what it's, it's the context of it, is it means to strive for a quiet or peaceful life where we are minding our own business. And how do we know this? Flick over to Second Thessalonians chapter 3. We could read all this chapter, but we'll just look at uh, verse 11 and 12. We know this was a problem for the Thessalonians. We know that they struggled to live a quiet and peaceful life. They weren't minding their own business because in verse 11 we, we see, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort you by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. This issue is still true in our day. Those who remain unemployed or retire too early without good reason, remember that bit, I'm not having a go at those that have got a good reason, (laughs) Um, but without good reason can easily become busybodies. When we are working paid or voluntarily, we have less time to gossip or meddle in other people's affairs. And as Christians, we also should have testimonies of being busy workers rather than busy bodies. And so that's what Paul meant by studying to be quiet or working to be quiet. Secondly, Paul advised the Thessalonians to work, I've said he advised them to work personally. It says, and to do your own business. We don't need to work like someone else. We can do our own business, which is kind of a blessing. Although, if Adam didn't sin, and Eve, we'd probably still be in the garden, gardening and, and, and doing things like that. But, um, you know, God created us with a brain and intellect, so we'd be um, creating things. But God has allowed us to assume a range of occupations. We look at the first Adam... He had two primary roles. Firstly, he cared for the animals. And in Genesis 1.26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Second role Adam had was to work the land. In Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Eve also appears to have helped Adam with this work because it says in Genesis that she was made a help or an aid meet for him. So I think that she was possibly involved in some of the similar work. Uh, probably a tough, tough lady. <laughs> so. Cain and Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. What about Noah? Before the flood, he did a couple of things with wood. He built an ark. A massive ark, and then afterwards he built an altar. We know Jesus was a carpenter and the son of a carpenter. What about Paul, the the person who's writing this letter to the Thessalonians? Well, he was a tent maker. There are many other interesting job titles in the Bible, and thankfully for me, they're not all physically laborious, and they don't all involve tools and, and stuff like that, because I'm not very good with tools. But like these few Bible characters, we have different opportunities and abilities for work. Some of you are good with materials, numbers, or paperwork. Others enjoy working with people. Some predominantly do home duties or are skillful at raising kids. Some are even comfortable dealing with blood and guts at the hospital, which is not my cup of tea. 
We're all different and that's good. And God can use us in different ways and in different places, different people. So that is a blessing. This also shows us that we have some liberty to pursue different types of work and even change occupations, which is common these days. But when we're making our personal work choices, we still need to ensure that they honour God. Some work is clearly not fitting for a Christian. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 tells us to abstain from all appearance of evil. That is a principle in many areas of life, but definitely work. So obviously, we can't be Christian assassins or Christian um, gamblers and things. Obviously, that's just... That's dodgy. Other work is dangerous for God's people, though. For example, after the flood, we saw that Noah was a builder before. After the flood, he became a farmer. In Genesis 9, 20. And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. Problem was, that vineyard, he got drunk, and it just went on to be very inappropriate. You can read that story yourself. So that was a dangerous occupation that he he took on. And that same principle applies to us. Uh, There's some that are dangerous that may not... uh, Yeah, I'll I'll leave that to you to to think about. Um, Thirdly, work may be inappropriate because of our motives. What about the building of the Tower of Babel? Very clever, very clever. So it says, and they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make a name in case we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Problem was, it was all based on pride. They wanted to reach unto heaven and they wanted to make a name for themselves. They had wrong motives for their work. And we can do the same thing in our work do any job like you can do any job but if your motive is about pride and defying god then it's wrong then there will be jobs that may be a bit controversial for some christians about working in the tax department well, the bible says all those things about tax collectors um what about politics oh sorry jesse or social work there we go that's one i've done that was a bit um a bit controversial at the time but um, thankfully my pastor knows a bit about social work so he helped me through it. Um, There are good things in in lots of careers. Some of those ones that require a bit more thought. How would it look if those ones that are a bit more controversial were biblically informed? A biblically informed politician, say. It would be a blessing. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, Prove or examine all things and hold fast to that which is good. Regardless, God intended for us to work if we can. He gave us different abilities to work in various ways and he gave us some liberty to pursue work that is honourable and that is suited to our personality and our gifts. Thirdly, Paul advised the Thessalonians to work powerfully. Reads, And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands. As I said before, I'm a shocking handyman. If you give me a hammer or paint or anything, I'll just make a mess of your house. It's, it's pretty scary actually coming to a church working bee because I wonder what I'm going to cost, cost us. But, um, I, yeah. So, at first I got a little nervous when I read this thing. I'm like, what does he mean by working with your own hands? But 
While physical labour is the oldest occupation, I believe Paul is speaking about hard labour rather than merely physical labour. In the Greek, there are two possible meanings for this word hands. Hand, obviously, but then also it's figuratively used for power. My other reasoning for this is that there's numerous passages in the Bible that declare that Christians should work hard. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Romans 12.11 Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And Colossians 3.23 In the context of work. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. The other reason is that Paul could also tell the Thessalonians to work hard because he set them an example. Back in chapter 2, we, we covered this a few messages ago, but Paul wrote these words, For ye remember, brethren, our labour and travail, for labouring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Paul worked very hard. He had a right to just be completely financially supported, but um, because of the context of the Thessalonians, how they lived and the persecution, he, he chose to forego that right. Um, and he did that to set them an example. However, hard work doesn't mean persistently neglecting our other biblical responsibilities. Sure, there are times that we do have to put work first, and for the first time this week, I had to take some work home and, and do a couple of hours, and I felt terrible about it, but then the next day I'm like, no, it's all right, I'm an okay father, I'm an okay husband. That was the first time in maybe three years, so... <laughs> Um, it's okay if we've got to do a bit of extra hard work sometimes and I know some of you do night shifts and work hard. But persistently neglecting other biblical res responsibility is not okay. The Bible also commands us that we still need to love our, our spouses. We still need to raise our children and we still need to show love to the brethren and our neighbours. We must be very careful about not becoming too busy that we are like a plumber with a leaking tap, trying to help everyone else, and then our own families suffer, uh, or even people in our own church, giving everything out to, uh, out to those that are on the outside. So we need to be very careful about, about how busy we do become in our secular work. Most importantly, we mustn't ever become too busy for God. And uh, I remembered the story of Martha, Luke 10, 38, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Get her to help me with the work. It's too much. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. If we have a job, we should work very hard at it. But our hard work should never take us away from the Lord, distract us from the Lord and, and, and uh, what he has for us, the blessings that he, he wants to teach us through his word and the blessings of being with, the, with his people. In this message, we've, we've just considered a few things that I learnt from, from this study um, 
in First Thessalonians. And it's relevant because I've recently changed my job, so it was maybe the Lord just working in my heart to teach me a few things. But we looked at the precedence of work. What were the historical origins? God was a worker. He is a worker. He, and he rested from his work. Um, but he worked. And he created us as workers. The principles for work are to be peaceful at work, not to be busy in useless matters, but, but to, be, to be busy. Not to be gossiping or meddling in the lives of others, which can easily happen if we're not busy. To do the work God has gifted us for, to do our personal work. To do powerful work, work hard as per the Bible and work hard as per all the other commands in the Bible. God has blessed us with work and, and uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do work. I enjoy my job, but I need to remember that it's from God. He can give it, he can take it away. Um, but um, I can serve him through it. And so I hope that's just been a little blessing on work. So let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you give us opportunities to, to work. We're not slaves, we have choice. And, and we thank you that we are not in, in a land of slavery. We thank you that you've um, given us opportunities to get educated and, and to, um, to do any type of job. Father, we thank you. We, we know that this can give us opportunities to be a blessing to those that are more needy. And we, Father, that we, we pray that we might remember these principles for work as we start work perhaps tomorrow. And Father, we thank you for all your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.